welcome to Recovery Talks. I'm Summer Stringer and this is the Changing Lives Staff Celebration episode. Well, welcome to a different episode from Recovery Talks. This is our first ever episode where we've got live recordings on location. Um, it was the staff celebration for Changing Lives and um, where over 400 staff from across the organisation and across the country came together to celebrate the amazing works they've produced and done with people in our services over the past few years. Um, it's been the first time we've been able to be together because obviously we had Covid and it's been quite a challenge trying to bring lots of people into one space but this time we were able to do so but I also want to put like a huge shout out and thank you for all those staff that on the day were still running our services, were keeping the people we support safe and happy. And thank you very much for all your hard work too, because we were definitely acknowledge that your work is important, as well as the people that are attending the event. Uh, you're gonna hear from uh, different members of our staff team from different uh, parts of our thematic areas. So recovery services, women and children's services, some of our services in central office who help 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 the business keep running, talking about their experience of working for changing lives and the service that they do, what they did in terms of their own careers and also any learnings and wisdoms they've had in their time with the organisation. Um, there's a real mix of voices and stories and it's been such a wonderful day and it was really lovely to talk to them all and so I want to thank every single one of them for contributing to this podcast um, I hope you enjoy it um, and you can hear lots of voices and the atmosphere that was created at the event. My name is Adam, I work for North Tyneside Recovery Partnership with Changing Lives so I'm based in Walls End. In North Tyneside, my role is community development and recovery worker. So I do a lot of group facilitation, uh, peer support recovery groups, a little bit of one-to-one work and building links with other community organisations. I think we have to talk about what addiction is as a trap and just recovery as escape from that trap is how I see it and reintegrating back into society and finding some way of living that feels worthwhile and makes sense. Circumstances can be very stacked against people, you know. The best thing is feeling like you are making a difference and seeing people progressing and it can take time and it can be frustrating sometimes, but you also see the other side of it. You see people getting well and it feels good. You know, it does feel good to be involved in that. Keep an open mind. There's a lot about addiction and recovery that's very counterintuitive and there's a lot of preconceptions and uh, stereotypes and a lot the way it's portrayed in the media is very is, is not accurate and I think no matter how long you've been working in the field you, you'll always be surprised by things so I think an open mind is the most important thing. My name is Julie Morgan, I'm a community development recovery worker with North Tyneside Recovery Partnership. I'm in recovery myself and basically what recovery means to me is life. Life on life's terms, a good life. Waking up in the morning like everybody else, pressing snooze for five more minutes because I can't be asked to get out of bed. Not waking up and rattling, not waking up reaching for the alcohol, my family in despair and stuff like that. Doing a job that I love. Going to work in my last job, the DWP, that was them, always, oh, show up, you've got targets. Now I'm talking, but I'm talking in a, well, hopefully in a positive way, encouraging people that recovery is possible. There's a good life out in the recovery, out there in recovery, you know, about recovery capital and stuff like that. And just 
there is a good life out there in recovery, but to help work on the stigma as well. I hate the stigma of addiction. But sometimes when I hear people just out in general life, and that, you know, like, oh, that addicts and blah, 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 and I struggle a bit with that, because people don't know what's gone on behind the addiction. They don't know if there's PTSD, trauma, anything like that. Or just, some people get hooked on just the high, don't they? But people don't understand that, and that's why I hate the stigma. It's the best job I've ever done. It doesn't feel like work, so sometimes that can be a bit of a like a negative only because it was sometimes it was in recovery I go to fellowship meetings and it was like an extension of your working day you put your recovery first seek support if you need it and do your job it's a great job as long as you're non-judgmental you're empathetic empathic empathic compassionate and you don't take any crap my name's John Marshall I work in IT for changing lives I'm based in uh, Gateshead, Central Office. Before I worked for Changing Lives, I was out of work for uh, quite a few years. I was in a bit of a rough place. And uh, I met Ian McLean, who used to work in employment for Changing Lives. He actually got me into Changing Lives. Uh, uh, there was an IT job going. Uh, first, I've never worked in IT before. Um, they took me on, um, and I've just basically learned as I've went along. Obviously, the, the team I work with are exceptional. I, I get on with everyone. Um, you know, they're, they're great. Um, the knowledge I've learned along the way from all of them has been uh, terrific. Uh, but I suppose, you know, I've got to say that the, it's the, the people who I work for, you know, like yourselves, uh, who work out in the projects on the front line. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm there for, to help you guys out. I'm Leslie Dixon and I'm part of Changing Lives Women's Services in Newcastle and I cover the Northumbria CRS with the MOJ contract and I'm the Group Intervention Coach. And hello, I'm Angelica Strohmeyer and I work quite closely with Leslie on those projects um, but I'm actually working at Northumbria University. We work with women from you know the very complex to very minor crimes but they're still on a recovery journey and I think no matter whether it's drugs, alcohol, trauma domestic violence wherever it is and recovery in every way so we try and address that through all the interventions we do and particularly the work we're doing with Angelica around story chair really looks at the trauma. Kind of just following on from that I think recovery is it's not a linear process and it's something that we talk a lot about in story chair is you know it, it's an ongoing process that moves forwards and backwards and forwards again um, and trying to not see it as that linear thing where if something goes wrong or something doesn't go exactly according to plan it's a failure so kind of trying to flip that on its head a little bit as well. Story Chair is kind of a program of work I think more than a project at this point um, so it's got lots of little offshoots where we're looking into craft specifically but textiles and kind of creative engagement with women to look at issues like recovery like trauma but also um, creative engagement with arts and cultural heritage and community organizations um, so the underlying project of it is to develop more inclusive spaces with the women for the women in arts and cultural heritage and community venues and we're doing that through a, a series of eight-week programs in, in all of the hubs but also there's a creative writing retreat and there's a, a four-week volunteering program at Gibside and um, lots of other things that are just kind of happening as they happen um, but ultimately we will physically create a chair and like an environment with the women around using the textiles that they make to create space in those arts and cultural heritage venues 
to have conversations with the management there about inclusion alongside the women and from the women's stories that make up that chair and that make up that environment. We've looked at characters and do work through trauma through a character but that's what people did at the beginning but now they've seen that was themselves so it has been a journey of recovery and recognizing the trauma they've had they identify it all along the way. My name's Laura Robson and I'm a specialist outreach coach across Northumbria which covers basically most of the northeast. Recovery, I think a lot of people relate it to alcohol and drugs, but I think anything you can recover from, so anything traumatic or any kind of life experience that you've had, you know, you can go on a bit of a journey with it and, you know, start at one end and end at whatever end you want. But in terms of the work we do, a lot of the recovery is around traumatic events um, and that can be related to drugs and alcohol as well. I've worked for Changing Lives for about five years. Um, I started off in the women's accommodation service, um, so I worked in like the women's hostels in, in Newcastle. Um, so I then progressed to, to become a complex needs domestic violence worker. And then I specialised as an IDVA, which is like an independent domestic violence advocate. Um, and then I then went on to do my role now, which is obviously the specialist outreach coach, and we work with women offenders, so women on probation or who are in prison or have been released from prison. I think a big challenge is um, mental health and recovery linked together. So a lot of recovery services want women or men to be abstinent from substances or alcohol before they'll actually give them any treatment, which is very difficult for the people that we work with because a lot of the time they're taking substances or drinking alcohol to combat the mental health. Um, so I think one of the biggest challenges is that and also the lack of accommodation across the northeast as well um, for male and female clients. Um, it's very difficult to get homeless people housed when they've been released from prison. All the women that we support are very grateful for our support. Um, we get a lot of thank you cards and I got a little gift the other day um, that was like a nice little caring about the work that I do and how she really appreciates everything I've done for her. So it's very rewarding. Hi, I'm Jenna, I'm the senior support worker at the Fells and I work in Durham. Hello, I'm Claire Knox and I'm the project lead of the Fells, also in Durham. Hello, my name's Stephen Lug, I'm a support worker at the Fells, also based in Durham. I think recovery can be like for anybody really, just a part of a journey that you go on. Um, it can be whether it's your mental health, addiction, just where you are in life really. And it's just part of being a, pro like a process really, to me. I agree with Jenna, it's absolutely a part of your journey where you are, self-harm, we deal with a lot of people with self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, and I think recovery is a sense of empowerment as well. Recovery to me, to be honest, I can't even really put into words because I've got lived experience myself and I literally can't even really put recovery into words. It's something I never thought I'd achieve, to be honest, so I literally can't. Um, it's just unbelievable, it's amazing. Um, I'm literally gives me goosebumps even talking about it and thinking about it because it's something again I didn't think I'd achieve really um, I can't even really put it into words or explain it to be honest it is it's it's something that means a hell of a lot I mean originally I'm a graphic designer by by trade um, my wife is from Durham we relocated to Durham in 2017 I'm a recovering alcoholic um, I've been sober now just over three years um, and it's something I've always wanted to do. Living down south, um, couldn't really afford to. 
um, I lost a lot in my life due to alcoholism and so on. Um, and then we decided, right, the time was right five years ago, myself, my wife and our two little boys to relocate. Always loved it in the Northeast. And at that moment in time, it was a case of, do you know what? We're kind of financially stable. I can do what I've always dreamed of doing and what I love doing. And I would not have it any other way now. And I've been, I've been with Changing Lives since July 2020. So a year into my recovery, I started with Changing Lives. And I've been here two years now and absolutely love it every single day. I help obviously different people with complex needs, addiction and so on and look again it's a bit like trying to describe recovery and what it means to me, I can't put it into words, it's an absolute dream. I think we help look after each other because we actually we all have like a real friendship and a bond in our team, we know if someone's struggling like we'll pull someone to the side and do you want to cut there, do you want to go for just it's just something little isn't it like just a little thing that we notice about each other. We can, we all, we do work really well together. It's about supporting each other. We go through some really tough times at the Fells. We really do what we deal with. And we go from working with people who are moving on, which is fantastic. And we've seen so many positive changes. And we've got a fantastic team, Stephen included. And it's brilliant that we've got people with lived experience in our team as well. Because like Stephen, he's our role model. He is. And that's what we aim for our people who, are, who come to our service to be like Stephen. Hi, I'm Dean. Uh, I'm Chair of Changing Lives. I've been involved in homelessness for quite a while now, since 2010, 2011, uh, and I became Chair of Changing Lives maybe four years ago. And I'm Leslie Telford. I'm on the board and I'm also the Treasurer of Changing Lives. I've sat on the board for six years now and I've been treasurer for probably about two to three years. My, my dad was an alcoholic, um, so it was quite a surreal time for me starting at Changing Lives because I'd never heard of the organisation. We'd sort of battled for over 30 years trying to get him some support and what have you. So when I came to leave Barclays, Stephen asked if I would join the board and for me it was like a no-brainer. It was just something that I felt I could do to try and help my dad, if you know what I mean. So that was quite a personal thing for me to do. So I finished working full-time in 2011, um, and I went round three hostels in, in York, um, and I came to Arclight, and I met Arclight and the staff there, and I just really thought they were doing an amazing job in dealing with people that are there most chaotic which I've got some experience of members of my family in chaos so I was drawn to the charity uh, I then met Stephen got a little bit involved in changing lives and just a delighted and proud to have been part of it really this event today is it brings to life what the organization's about it's very easy to spend your time looking at balance sheets and P&L and cash flow and thinking that's what the organisation's about but it absolutely isn't it's about the people and the people that we help and the staff and and everybody here so I'm Leanne I'm the service manager for Iris and with the sex work and sexual exploitation team in Wolverhampton and Warsaw as a service I think we help people try and recover in a sense of we support them in the things that they need at that moment in their lives. Um, 
And like I said, whether that's, you know, recovering from drug addiction, a lot of the women we, we work with are suffering from addiction, um, you know, trying to get them into uh, services to support and, yeah. I suffered from addiction at a young age, um, which led me into volunteering, which then led me into working for a drug and alcohol user involvement team. And then, obviously, I met you guys and I've been here for five years. Um, and, yeah, it's been great. I don't ever feel like I don't want to come to work, so that's a good thing. Um, and, you know, it's, every day is different. And I think I've, I've always worked within supporting people because every day is different. And there's new challenges every day, whether that's with your staff or with your service users. You know, some days are absolutely mental <laughs> and some days are quiet. Um, but, yeah, it's a variety. Sometimes they might come across as quite standoffish or, you know, they might react in ways that you wouldn't expect, but that, that behaviour is due to what's happened to them in their lives. And I think across the board, whether you're supporting young people, women or men, you know, there's a reason people behave the way they do, and it's getting down to that reason and supporting them with that, you know, with the, the traumas and everything. How do you react as a service when somebody's telling you their benefits aren't covering the gas and electric? Like, I personally, I stay up at night worrying about it, like, for myself, but also for the people who support and my staff. Like, how do you react as a service to what can we do? We can't give them the money, you know, how do we support them? And I think the best thing we can do is just to obviously support them in finding food banks or, you know, any other support that's out there for them, really. Yeah. Uh, I'm Phil Elliott and I'm the service manager for the York Drug and Alcohol Service. I'm Adele Collin and I'm team leader at York Drug and Alcohol Service. And I'm Lucy Steele-Walshaw, another team leader at York Drug and Alcohol Service. So recovery means to me someone living a life that they wouldn't have believed manageable before, a life that's free of uh, their substance use of choice in a way that their life becomes manageable again and they manage to reintegrate with the community and other people and live the life that they want to have. Yeah, I guess I build on what Lucy says and it is about um, finding those things that make people tick and building upon that and and then um, homing in and running with that so that they do live uh, you know live a better life or live within um, a life that they want to achieve. Recovery can be for anybody and I think that's really, really important to know that from staff colleagues as well to people who are accessing the service anyone achieving something to improve their life is really important. I absolutely love working in York because of who I work with. And I know people might go, oh, well, you have all the, for the people coming to the service. But first and foremost, I have to work with people. And in York, we have an amazing team. And I think that's the starting point. I think for me also, is I'm really looking for working in a city where I live. So, I, so even the smallest changes that we see that a service can deliver, by living it you see you see what the impact that has in on the city and I think that's really important to me I can walk down the street and maybe see somebody I used to work with like 15 years and actually they stop you and sort of tell you where they are that's just gold dust and I think there's nothing else you can take away from that so that's for me part of the reason why I'm working here. My interest of why people use drugs started when I was at school so I knew that this was the path I was going to take and the job that I was going to take but it, it is the team. We have a, a fantastic team in York and every day is different and it's not a boring nine to five job. There is something different every day and I guess that's why I come to work because I don't dread coming to work. It's not like sitting behind crunching numbers. It's, it's more exciting than that. Although there are some dark days, but you know, it, rough, with, rough with a smooth, isn't it? But yeah. I think the reason as well, as well as the team, the team is amazing, brilliant team to work with, is 
the clients as well for people to be there when recovery is possible because a lot of people have given up on people and they see no hope and I think it's really important that there's people there to continue providing hope, believing in people and keep going time and time again no matter how many times it takes you will get there and it's about having that positivity and support where otherwise, otherwise sometimes there's not the people there just letting people know that we're there and when the changes do happen no matter how tiny really celebrated and that's amazing you you will see people you know making small steps to to their recovery or to that to them changing their lives you'll also see people where they've just been stuck in service for, for many many years and maybe not moving right now and that's hard to deal with but what you get out what you get out the small the small wins you get out are for me, it would be vastly improve over the negative ones or the, the harder ones. And so to, to be in this sector, it's going to be hard, but it has its good times as well. And actually, it's it's about what you make it. Yeah, I would, it's a massive privilege to work with the clients that we work with. And going on their journey is a huge thing. And for them to trust you enough to take you along, the ups and downs and like Lucy said about celebrating the even small um, successes that people um, bring it's just amazing really it's such a privilege my name's Carolyn Best I work in the East Midlands for the women's specific conditional caution and I'm Jay Grek I'm the criminal justice lead for the whole of the contracts women are disproportionately um, they experience the criminal justice service in a in a much more harsher uh, way than than the male counterparts would do. For example, um, drink driving, a great example. It should be a tariffed um, outcome. A woman will be served much more harshly than a man. Possibly end up in custody or have a long ban, whereas a man maybe would get a fine and extra points maybe a short ban but we couldn't interrupt um, their lifestyle if you like uh, work is uh, a big factor for men's um, driving conviction across the majority of the contracts it is different in every um, region and every type of uh, contract uh, but it's usually hub based it's a great environment that are kitted out to welcome the women, help them engage really, really positively, feel really safe, really stable, um, and, and have the opportunity to experience not just um, support and interventions, but also meeting other women on, on the same level and building friendships and having, having a better social support network around them I'd say. So I will meet each woman and then I'll tailor make a package that suits each individual woman so everything there's no kind of holistic approach that everybody has the same thing everything I do is tailor made for that personal individual. The environment might be consistent but the messages and the interventions and the support and the pathways are very much tailored to the individual. When I came into this organisation seven years ago I wasn't sure if it was the right fit as the honest answer and I think gradually over the years I've had the opportunity to um, shape and um, make changes in a way to, to produce services that are so instrumental in supporting women that 
you know, I perhaps wouldn't get that freedom and that opportunity elsewhere. And, you know, I've, I've no plans of going anywhere. Um, I think they'd have to kick me out. Um, I spent 23 years working in the prison service and my latter um, service was in rehabilitation. So I did a lot of work with getting offenders whilst they're in custody to work outside, to spend time with their families outside and really kind of intense work and it, and it worked. So I moved from down south to up here and I had a different role because the job that I had down south I came up with here. And then one day I just went, I just want to go back to working with offenders. That's, what I, that's where my passion lies. And I just saw the job and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to apply for it and go for it and see what happens. And I got it. And I think for me the wisdom is that I need to not think that I know it all. Sometimes the women have a better understanding of where they are than I do. So it's a case of listening to them and then helping them to turn what they know into their advantage. So. I'm uh, Alex Shirley, I'm Director of Development for Change Your Lives. So that means within my remit I have uh, business development, so new growing the business and retaining business. Um, we have quality and impact and research and uh, evaluation in there too and mobilizing new services, so yeah. So I trained as a scientist, um, that was my intention for my career and that brought me to Newcastle um, to work in the medical school and um, I got a bit of disillusion with the work that I was doing for many different reasons and then I decided for a career change and I took quite a long time about six months to apply for another job and I wanted a job that meant as much to me as the science did you know that my day job was really important and I wanted to do something that was, and I don't want to be too dramatic, but it's, you know, something for people, for the community, for humanity even, you know. And I saw the, the job advert for a support worker with Changing Lives and I just knew it was right. And I applied as a support worker and, and got the job. And I was working uh, in, in our hostels, working with um, the men, homeless men that I was working with, understanding their stories and, and realizing how privileged my life had been and how how loved and accepted and supported I had been through my life and, and how, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna start cracking up <laughs> thinking about it, but just how much that had been missing from people's lives and, and how important it was to show love and, and, and show that people are cared for. And through that work, I, I then got a, a job as the first recovery worker for the organization um, back in 2005. And then I became manager of our direct access hostel at, at the time, which was Virginia then, and it, it, is, it is again. Um, and then from there, I was encouraged by Stephen, dragged, you might say, to uh, central services to manage a, um, some developments we were doing, which, which involved um, employing people in our services to build our new head office. So they wanted somebody who could do a bit of everything. And so I was brought in to do that. And, and I didn't want to come because I had so much more I wanted to do in the service that I was going. But I, that what I learned in development was it, it brought me back to my research days of, of how you could design, go off, you know, what you'd learned from other people, how things, you know, what you've learned from how other projects have been run in the past and how you could design new and improve and, and you know, and evolve services and design services from creation to better meet the needs of the people and I've just loved it ever since and I just feel so privileged because you know I, I know every service that we deliver because we were there you know at, at the beginning and and yeah I, I've been here for this is my 20th year now and I've never looked back and it's it's part of who I am. I've always wanted to know what is the ingredient that turns somebody's life around and are we in some ways 
preventing that from happening in some cases, do you know what I mean? And when I talk to people about what was it that, that did that, it was hitting rock bottom, do you know what I mean? And, and having somebody there to love and accept them for what they've been through and, and be there in whatever capacity to do whatever is needed to help that person. Um, and so for me, I guess the, the important thing for recovery is acceptance, both for the person of what they've been through to, to help understand that that maybe isn't the person that they really are and for all the things that they've gone through and maybe they've put other people through. That's a, that's a really difficult thing to come to terms with and I think there's a lot of guilt and shame that comes along with that and I think that's really hard for people to overcome and may hold them in that place. Um, so I think forgiveness probably is the most important thing um, and I think that goes for society as well for people who are in this position to forgive them and love them. It's Bridget here, one of the team behind the Recovery Talks podcast. We just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners for your support. This year, we were in the top 15% most shared podcasts on Spotify and in the top 20% most followed, neither of which we could have done without you. We're currently taking a break over the festive period and we'll be back with the rest of season four on Monday, the 9th of January, 2023.